Hey everybody, it's Miss USA 1995, Shana Mokler, and you're listening to Life After the Crown with Tim Tialdo. Hey everybody, welcome to the Life After the Crown podcast, where each episode I bring you useful interviews with former pageant contestants, title holders, and women of influence who are now succeeding across many different industries in the real world. My name is Tim Tialdo, lifestyle entrepreneur, pageant host, author, and quite honestly, somebody who just wants to help you become a better person overall. Now, if pageant life is over for you, or it soon could be, and you're wondering, well, what do I do now? Or what's next? This podcast is designed to help make the transition to real life and the school of hard knocks a little bit easier for you to handle. So if this is your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. We're glad you're with us today. Let's get started. My guest today is an actress, entrepreneur, and philanthropist, and has made a name for herself over the years for her work in film, television, and print. Her stunning beauty, combined with street smarts, determination, and raw talent, have kept her a force to be reckoned with in the entertainment business. At the age of 19, she won the Miss New York USA title, and soon after took home the prestigious title of Miss USA 1995, the youngest to do so in a decade at that time. She then moved to L.A. to start a career in television and film and quickly landed a series regular role on Pacific Blue for the USA Network and also appeared in films including The Wedding Singer and Big Mama's House 2. In 2005, she started MTV's hit series Meet the Barkers. The show allowed viewers into her life with her then-husband Travis Barker, documenting the couple's daily life including planning their wedding. Starring on the series also opened doors with other non-scripted programs, including Dancing with the Stars for ABC in 2006. Aside from scripted and non-scripted projects, she has experience in the hosting world, working with E! Entertainment and VH1 and appearing on Bridal Plasty, crowned the mother of all pageants, and doing red carpet corresponding for the Academy Awards. Pageants, however, have remained a big part of her life as she is currently the executive producer for the Miss Nevada USA pageant and this year took on the Miss Utah USA pageant. I've been chasing her down for a few months, finally connected with her here, so excited to have Shana Mokler on the podcast. Honored that you've taken the time to uh, join us. Oh, thanks, Tim. I'm super <laughs> excited to be here with you. That was I was like, hey, that's an impressive resume. <laughs> it isn't, and that's not even half of it. So the funny thing is I had to cut like, that thing down. What are talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let's go back. Uh, you grew up in Rhode Island, right? Yes, I did. Born and raised. Okay, so I read that you, you know, growing up there, you always had dreams of being in the entertainment industry. Um, and obviously, since jobs for that industry aren't really uh, prevalent in Rhode Island, um, you used <laughs> yeah. modeling and pageants to pretty much kind of carve your path forward. Talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I was one of those little girls that would watch commercials and, you know, I'd see like Barbie commercials and I didn't want the Barbie. I wanted to be in the commercial. And so I, I just knew I wanted to be in entertainment. Um, and I went, you know, I was really little, actually. I was like 4'11 and 75 pounds. And I told my parents <laughs> I wanted to be a model. And they were like, I don't know about that. Um, but they took me to uh, a John Casablanca's modeling school. That's all we really had in Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, they used to have them, like, all over the country. And so I started there. And, you know, I started taking photographs. And I actually started doing kid modeling, like junior modeling. And I was pretty successful at it. But that school, I also met um, the directors, Debbie and Cindy, who actually still um, direct, I think, about four or five states today in the Miss USA system. Um, and they signed me up for the Miss Rhode Island Team USA pageant. Uh, and, and that's kind of how I got my start. 
Well, I saw your post today talking about how you modeled for, I think, a high school ring company and that you, you faced a yeah. lot of, of flack from, from your fellow students about wanting to be a model. Talk about kind of how you dealt with that. You know, I remember being in eighth grade and they made us fill out a form about, you know, what we wanted to do basically in our careers. And I remember I, I checked off model actress and, you know, all the kids were like, what did you put? What did you put? And I, I remember I knew I was going to get flat for it. So I just put, oh, I checked, you know, 70 and 71, you know, and they all went and looked and then they saw that it said model and actress. And I swear it was like out of a movie, the entire lecture hall, like just started laughing at me <laughs> and pointing. And it was like out of a bad dream. And I was just so humiliated. But I grew up watching like musicals and and, you know, like the Easter parade and singing in the rain. And I just was in love with Hollywood. And I just always wanted to do that. So, um, yeah, you know, the kids used to tease me. And, and again, I was really little. I didn't really grow and kind of blossom until I was about 16, 17. So, you know, I think people just thought, you know, she's out of her mind to want to do this. But, um, you know, I, I stay true to myself. And, you know, that actually that Instagram post that I posted today was kind of like, you know, it went all over our high schools. All the kids who made fun of me now were seeing me actually modeling. And then as well as when I um, went to Miss Teen USA, you know, I was on television with Dick Clark and, you know, it was a big deal. And so I remember, you know, that everyone who was laughing wasn't really laughing anymore. Yeah, I was going to say you proved them wrong, didn't you? I did. Yeah, it was really cool. I bet that was a good feeling. (laughs) Well, so let's talk about pageants. So you hold four pageant yeah. titles to your name. So you were Miss Rhode Island Teen USA 1992, and then you were Miss Rhode Island yeah. Teen All-American in 1993. Then 95 yeah. comes, you win Miss New York USA, and then you go on to win Miss, well, let's talk about Miss USA. So I don't think yeah. a lot of contestants today may remember that you were actually runner-up and Chelsea Smith that year went on to win Miss Universe and you were appointed Miss USA. Yeah. Talk about, I mean, there's not many people. I think Nana Merriweather was the last one that can can talk about that type of process. What was it like? You know, I loved pageants so much. I just wanted to do them because I just enjoyed the experience. And I knew after Miss Teen USA, I definitely wanted to compete for Miss. When I was at Miss USA and I met Chelsea Smith, I just knew she was the one to beat. You know, I knew she was the main contender and she was just fabulous. And and I remember when, uh, you know, we were called into top 10, you know, I, I said to her, or top 15 or 12, I don't remember. Um, I said to her, I'm gonna, I'll see you in top two. You know, <laughs> I'm going to see you in top two. And then when we were in top two, everyone always asked me, you know, what, what were we saying to each other? And I was saying to her, you know, we were holding hands. I, said, I told you, I'd see you in top two. I was really competitive back then when I was younger. And I knew I wanted to do better at Miss USA than I did at Teen USA. And, um, but when Chelsea won, I was really thrilled for her. I, I was living and working as a model in New York City. I was very happy with where I was in my life. And I thought she was, you know, um, the best woman that night. And I thought she was stunning and beautiful. And I thought I lost to a really um, awesome competitor. So I was fine with my loss. But I went back to New York City and I just continued my modeling. I was in lots of different magazines and having a blast doing that. And I remember I was in my apartment in New York watching Miss Universe. And, you know, I was just kind of reading magazines and watching and I was like, wow, she's, she's doing really well. Like, you know, her scores, her scores kept coming up, you know, and it was like nine, 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 nine. And I was like, I, I was like, wow, I, I think she, she might win this, <laughs> you know? And, and sure enough, you know, she, she won. And I, I think for a moment, I just was like, 
what, what does that mean for me now? And then, you know, the phone just started ringing and people were like, you're the new Miss USA. Or, you know, are you going to, you're the new Miss USA. And it's so crazy because at that time, I wasn't even sure if I was going to take the title because I was modeling and I was going to be going to Italy and doing, you know, season there. And I, I had to kind of sit down and be like, wow, am I going to take it? Because back then it was based in Los Angeles and I, you know, I was going to have to move all the way across the country. But I decided to take it and it changed my life. It was really cool. Well, talk about the title because, you know, a lot of young women, they look back on Shannon Mochler and say, God, I mean, if I could have an illustrious career like she did from winning the crown, that would be awesome. What did you think winning Miss USA was going to do for you at that time? You know, I just thought it was going to propel my career. And um, and it did. I got to move to Los Angeles. I got to kind of be in the mecca of entertainment. You know, I started meeting agents and um, walk-ons uh, to different TV shows. I signed with William Morris, like instantaneously. Um, you know, I was hanging out with movie stars and, you know, it was just a dream come true. And I, and I also was able to travel the country. I got to push my platform, which was the Special Olympics that I had worked with my entire life. Um, and I got to attend the World Games in Connecticut and just travel all over the USA, working with different charities and organizations. And it was just everything that I ever hoped and dreamed it would be. And it, you know, it definitely shaped my, my career. Was there one thing from that year that you distinctly remember as, you know, kind of the, the crowning achievement, so to speak, as Miss USA? Yeah, you know, when I went to the World Games um, in Connecticut for the Special Olympics, um, I just remember I get to put all the medals on all the athletes. And there was this one boy, I'll never forget, he like deadlifted like a thousand pounds or something. <laughs> and I just remember the whole um, auditorium just on their feet screaming you know because these are you know kids whose parents were told that they would never walk they would never run you know they were never going to be normal in uh, society's eyes and here they are out there you know some of them blind some of them deaf and they're swimming and you know running and jumping and they're winning medals and it's just like the coolest life experience to be a part of to witness to witness not just the athlete but the parents and then getting the honor of placing the medals on them I think was really like one of the coolest experiences for me as Miss USA. Now, in 2012, you took over as the executive producer for Miss Nevada USA, and this year you acquired yeah. Miss Utah USA, as we talked about before the podcast. Yeah. Um, look, Miss Nevada USA brings uh, strong talent every year to the Nationals. I mean, th this year Carolina did very well. I mean, you had Nia back just a few years ago winning uh, Miss USA yeah. and runner-up at Miss Universe. So you know what you're doing, obviously. Uh, but i got to ask you, Thank it's you. one thing to compete in and have a passion for pageants, but it's a whole other thing to actually become a state director. What made you want to take that step? You know, I've always just loved pageantry. I love what it offers young women. Um, I gained so much out of it. Um, lifelong friends and life skills. And it just taught me so much. And I kind of wanted to give back. I knew, you know, when I came to LA after the title, you know, I kind of was on my own there. And I, you know, through the years of living here, I've kind of built up all these great contacts. And I, I wanted to just kind of help these girls sort of skip the life experience and kind of give them my experience and my life and my contacts and, you know, help them become the best versions of themselves. So um, I started actually working in California in 2010 um, as the co-executive director um, with another gentleman there. And, um, you know, we brought California, I got California, Alyssa Campanella. So it was their first Miss USA in over a decade. 
and um, and uh, then I moved over to Nevada. But I've just always loved sort of helping the girls and grooming the girls to become better young women. I think you've got a little bit of a magic touch. You've got some pretty strong names under your belt there. Thank you. I'm so proud of all the girls that I've had the opportunity to work with and kind of be on their journey. And it's just so amazing to me. I think the best part about being a director is, you know, when you first crown the girl and kind of when she does her final walk, just seeing the transformation of who they are and who they've become, I think that's like the best gift of being a director. Sure. So since you are a state director, you're obviously involved in the business side of pageants. Now, um, everybody I've had on in the past couple of months here, we've all you know, discussed what's happening in the Miss America organization with removing of swimsuit. But I guess, you know, from your standpoint with Miss Universe, what do you think of the current state of the Miss Universe organization? Because I've talked to both contestants and directors all over the country, and a lot of them have concerns about the decrease in both state pageant participation and the falling TV ratings. Your thoughts? How can I start this? Well, okay. So um, when it comes to Miss Universe organization, you know, obviously we had a big, um, a, a big transition from Donald Trump over to IMG. Mm-hmm. And, you know, IMG is a model and talent agency, but, you know, it's also very corporate. And I don't know if they necessarily kind of understood what pageantry necessarily is. And I think it just, you know, it was sort of like a learning curve for them. Um, I kind of, I now believe that they definitely kind of have a better understanding of what pageantry is and we're kind of getting back on track and going in that direction again. So that's very exciting for me as a director, um, kind of staying true to what Miss USA is, what the Miss Universe organization is and, and what it was founded on, the premise of it, you know, and it, it was created basically because we broke away from the Miss America system because we wanted a beauty pageant. We wanted you know, um, it to, to be a celebration of beauty. So also, I think another thing that's really big that people don't understand is that reality TV, you know, pageantry kind of used to be the only reality television out there. Mm-hmm. You know, anyone from any small town in America could, you know, have that dream. Um, but nowadays, there's just a lot of reality TV out there. And so I don't think people really under understand, you know, that it's, it's not just kind of its own tradition anymore. So I think that has affected it. But I also think, um, you know, for a while there, we kind of went in a different direction. Um, but like I said, with IMG, I think we're back on track now. And um, it's really going to be more of a celebration of pageantry and beauty and poise and confidence and philanthropy. So um, I'm excited about that. So if I could hypothetically give you the reins to the organization today and say, hey, Shana, do what you think is, is best here. What what would you do? Would you do anything differently right now? Oh, gosh, there's all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's all kinds of I'm like, don't give me the reins. Like, get crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so many things that I would want to do. I really would want to kind of go back to the old school sort of 90s format, but kind of keep it, you know, modern with a modern twist. Um, a lot of the girls, you know, enter, you know, the Miss Universe organization because they're, it's kind of more entertainment based and a lot of them want to get into entertainment, whether it's acting or hosting, modeling. So I would really up the prize package in a way where um, there's actually, you know, real money involved where they were winning, you know, um, $100,000, say, you know, plus on top of it, getting them contracts with modeling agencies and getting them out on red carpets and getting them on television shows. Because, you know, when you when you ask most of the girls today, you know, who do they look up to in the organization? They'll say Olivia Kubo, because she's kind of, you know, 
she did it all. You know, she won the triple crown, but she, now she's out there and she's famous and she's on television. And, you know, she really is doing what the majority of these girls entered this organization for. So, you know, I would start getting these winners and these contestants um, more of those opportunities. So if Paula Shugart's job ever opened up, is it something you'd be interested in? Oh, of course. But I <laughs> love her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, being the president of Miss Universe uh, would be an exceptional honor. Um, but I really look up to Paula Sugar. Um, she's a woman that I really um, respect and I just think the world of. And, you know, she's a mentor to me. And I just, you know, I learn from her all the time. And she's just a, a really amazing role model that I, I love. Well, cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. So uh, let's talk about your post-pageant journey and career. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned at the beginning, it's an extensive one. Now, you by far, of all the women I've interviewed, have the most extensive resume I have encountered. So uh, I I think what I'll do here is I'll probably break down your career by category. So uh, let's start with modeling. Is that okay? Sure. Yeah, sure. So early on, you moved to New York. As you mentioned, you began walking in high-profile fashion shows. I think you you walked for Calvin Klein, I think. And uh, I think you even did some modeling for guests. Uh, you were featured two times on the Maxim Hot 100 list. You appeared in magazines like Cosmo, and you're probably best known for signing the contract with Playboy in 2001, where you were named Playmate of the Month. So let's just yeah. talk about the Playboy gig, since it's it's probably the most famous. Sure. Um, is that something right. you sought out, or did they come to you? They they had um, I had already been on um, Pacific Blue on the USA Network, and um, they had reached out to me a couple times, but at that point, I wasn't uh, kind of willing to do it. <laughs> um, but uh, I was a little when I when I did do it, I was a little older, and I um, you know I was up for the the challenge, and it actually turned out to be one of the coolest experiences. And my Playboy family has just been amazing to me and my children, and it really is like a family over there, and. Um, you know, I just love, even though it's very different from pageantry, <laughs> it's a very different world. <laughs> just a little. Pageant girls and playmates. Yeah, it's a very different world. But, um, you know, it was always a very respectful um, environment, and I just had a blast doing it. Well, I'm interested to know the process. Now, I don't know any playmates personally, but I'm sure the conversation, as you mentioned, is, is one that takes time. First of all, they come to you and say, hey, are you interested? And you're like, no, I'm not going to bear it all. Are you kidding me? How does that right. <laughs> how does that conversation evolve to the point where you're like, you know what? I think I actually might try this. Um, it just kind of I was at a point in my life where I kind of wanted to sort of um, I, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. I guess I wanted to sort of like revamp or reimage myself in some way. Um, I you know even when I modeled in New York City, I I did nudes even though they couldn't show it in magazines, but you know you would be covered, but. Um, even for Cosmopolitan magazine when I modeled. Um, so nudity was never a big deal for me. Um, and at that time, Playboy was so big and you could really, really utilize it, um, you know, to sort of like rebrand or reimage yourself. And it was great press. And, um, and there was so many opportunities that came out of it. I got, you know, hosting gigs on E! from it and all kinds of fun stuff. So for me, it was sort of, you know, I wanted to, to sort of like uh, rebrand myself. What do you tell your parents? <laughs> when you say you're going to do it. I, I don't think my parents were shocked. <laughs> I think, you know, because I, like I said, I'd already done uh, nude in, um, in Miami and in New York and in different magazines. I did, you know, that was, I was in Cosmopolitan, I think almost, gosh, every month 
for two years when I was modeling in New York City, and mostly because I was okay doing nudity, even though in Cosmopolitan they can't show nudity, you know, they can't show anything, but they would have stories where they, they wanted that kind of thing, so they would use me a lot for that. So I was always um, comfortable in my, in my skin. I think they were like, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, and I think that, you know, in addition to quote-unquote rebranding yourself, I think you, you were a part of really defining for a lot of people, what Miss USA was compared to, uh, let's say, Miss America. You know the old saying, I think Shandy Finnessy said it to me a thousand times, which yeah. <laughs> is, you know, Miss America's the girl next door and Miss USA is the girl you want next door. Yeah. You know, you were the Maxim uh, Hot 100 girl. I mean, so you basically were that specific, quote unquote, sexy girl that I think a lot of people thought yeah. that defines the Miss USA system. Do you feel like you were kind of at the forefront of that? Yeah, I I, I... I wouldn't, I wouldn't take credit for being at the forefront. I just kind of always stayed true to myself. And, you know, when it comes to modeling like nudity or Playboy and things like that, it's just not for everyone. And, you know, I've had girls that come to me and, and say, oh, you know, this is an avenue that, you know, I think I might want to go down. And I, and I explained to them, you know, what the consequences are, I kind of, I guess, with it. So, you know, it, it's not for everyone, um, but I definitely, um, you know, felt like I needed, I guess I always kind of just wanted to be that blonde bombshell. And so that's what I, I went for. <laughs> well, I think, I think you played that role well because uh, Hollywood <laughs> actors and, and athletes came out of the woodworks to hang out with you. Um, just two in particular. I'm not going to dive into your personal life very much here. Uh, Den- Dennis Quaid <laughs> and Oscar De La Hoya. I mean, you were dating, you know, A-listers, yeah. you know, household names. Um, was that cool or is it something that if you could tell a younger girl today, don't do that? You know, just living in Hollywood and, and I, you know, it was just the circles I ran in. It was just sort of the people that I hung out with. It was never kind of like, I never sought out anyone because they were famous or anything. It was just kind of who we hung out with and who we met along the way. And, you know, the, um, men that I dated and the men that I was, uh, the man that I was married to, um, I just really loved them for who they were as people. And I never even looked at them as, as, as famous, you know. Um, but so I, I definitely think whatever young woman, you know, they should be dating not because of fame or money, you know, just be date, date someone because you love them. Sure. Now, uh, not only dating actors, but you were an actor yourself. So you were a series regular, as you mentioned, on uh, Pacific Blue for the USA Network. I think that was, uh, I guess, from 98 to 2000, um, alongside a, another pageant host alum in Mario Lopez. Um, yeah. Now I've talked to a lot of women that, you know, they have guest appearances, you know, roles or, you know, one-off episode appearances, but how much harder is it to actually land a series regular role? It's so hard. <laughs> it is so hard. Even I, I really want to be honest with girls with this because, you know, you, you go on these auditions and, um, you know, if you do meet the casting agent and they like you, then you go to the directors. And then if the directors like you, then you go to network and then you have to read in front of the entire network and then they have to agree on you. Um, so it's not a simple process. It's really hard. There, It's a very competitive industry. Um, even now, you know, I'm still trying to get back on, on television shows and it's, it's just something that, you know, there's a lot of rejection involved. So it's not for the faint of heart. 
Um, but, you know, if you do land that role, it's life-changing, and it's, it's a really incredible opportunity. What do you think you did that made you land um, you know, a lot of the roles that you've had? Because there are so many girls that I have talked to, even national winners, just like yourself, that go out there, and they just they have a hard time really cracking the code. What, what was it for you? You know, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate the I, honesty. I don't know. <laughs> I wish I had that, that magic answer. Um, I just never gave up. I just, no matter how much rejection I had, I just never gave up, and I just kept pushing and pushing and I and I studied I went to different acting studios and I worked with Harry Master George and Howard Fine and you know I just was constantly pushing and networking I was going out every night and meeting people and meeting producers and meeting directors and you know and I still to this day I email people hey you know think of me in your next project and you know it's just a constant thing that you it's a hustle and um, you have to kind of be that way in this industry in this town because it's such a hard town um, and such a hard um, industry to be in. And I, I don't know if some girls have that um, strength to endure Los Angeles, but if you do, it's really rewarding. Now, you appeared uh, alongside Adam Sandler and Billy Idol in The Wedding Singer, which is a total cult classic. Yeah. Um, as I in, know. You know, you were an airline stewardess and then uh, Big Mama's yes. House, too. What's it like, yes. you know, it's one thing to be on the USA Network in a, in a TV series, but it's another thing to be in a major motion picture. And not only that, but one that continues to this day to be a favorite of so many people. I, I mean, looking back on that, you know, how lucky were you to be there? It was so crazy. You know, that was that's like something where, you know, I was just at a barbecue and Adam Sandler was there and he's like, hey, do you want to part in this movie? And it was like, <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yes, I Yes, I do. Um, and so um, that's the wedding thing is actually really funny because it was my first, you know, real role on a movie set of, of that magnitude. And I had one line and it was um, there's this guy in coach who thinks he's Don Johnson and he thinks I'm grade A top choice meat or something like that. <laughs> and I had one line and they had me there from like six in the morning. And I don't think I filmed till like 11 o'clock at night. I was the last scene. And I had just been rehearsing that one line in my head like all day long. And when it was time for me to do it, I couldn't get the line right. Like I just couldn't do it. <laughs> and it took me like like 10 or 11 takes to get this one line. And everyone just wanted to go home. Like it was so embarrassing. I went home and I cried. And I was just humiliated. And I had to go back the next day. And I remember Adam saying like this song, like he was like, you know, his little silly song. Oh, he was I remember singing that, yeah. his trailer. And um, he was, like, calling me 16 Take Shayna. It was just so embarrassing. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so after that experience, I just remember being like, that's it. I'm not ever going to let my nerves get the best of me again. Like, and, you know, and I, nothing would ever be as bad as that, well, that you, experience. Well, you know, you, you have your acting reel on your website. And uh, I watched it today and just had kind of had a chance to see all of your different roles and, and the different parts that you've played. Um, I, you know, I, I think the one thing that I see from like a casting director standpoint is you brought a very different feel to acting for women, meaning that you, you had attitude, you had sass, you had that confidence that almost made men in, in many ways feel intimidated. And I think that allowed you to get some really great parts. What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely agree. And I, I you know, I kind of use that, I think, to to my advantage in this town. So, you know, I, I and I can't say that pageantry didn't kind of give me that that confidence you know it did pageantry gave me that confidence and 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 I, I look back on it and I'm thankful for that because I it really did help kind of navigate me through this town so you also did entourage and CSI and NCIS 
Uh, if you could look back on all your acting gigs that you've had to this point, what, what do you think was your favorite and why? Um, it's actually a movie called Love Stinks. It's not like a big, huge movie, but you guys should all go rent it. It's <laughs> so funny. And there is another pageant queen in it. She's the lead, Bridget. Um, Nielsen? She was Miss Teen USA. Um, what'd you say? Was that uh, Pete Sampras' wife? Yeah, yeah. Bridget Nielsen, I think, was her name, right? It's Bridget Wilson. Wilson, is that that's it? it. Wilson, I'm sorry. I don't know why I said I, Wilson. I'm not, she was the lead in it. And I, you know, I grew up watching her when I competed for Miss Teen USA. I wanted to be her. So it was so cool to see another pageant girl acting. Um, but it had Jason Bateman and Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Tyra Banks was in it and Bill Bellamy and Frank Stewart, all these like great people. And it was just the funnest movie. And I loved my little character on there. And um, it's just, it was just a great experience. It was done by Jeff Franklin, who um, created... Um, uh, with the Olsen twin TV show. Oh, Full um, House. Full House. Yeah, he created Full House, so he produced it. So you guys have to go rent it. It's so funny, and there's some great people in it, and that was by far my favorite. Also, I think another cool experience that I loved was working on the set of Joey, which was a spinoff of Friends, mm-hmm. and I had never done sitcom work before, and I think that was probably one of the coolest experiences because it was the same stage that they filmed Friends on, it was all the same crew, and my dressing room was like Jennifer Aniston's dressing room, and I just remember being like, this is a dream job. <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> um, you, you were speaking of Bridget. Wasn't she the lead role in Billy Madison? Is that the same woman? I think she was, yeah. Okay. I think she was. Well, let's transition to now reality TV. Um, that became big, you know, right after your, your Playboy stint there. About 2001 is when, uh, you know, Survivor and things like that started to take off. In 2005, yeah. you hit the, the, the reality TV circuit uh, with your own show called Meet the Barkers. Of course, um, you know, it's with your ex-husband, Travis, that you allowed people to kind of look into your lives. Now, I've talked to quite a few reality TV stars over the years, and I think any time that you allow cameras into your personal life, into your personal relationships, um, Jessica and Nick's a good example. It tends to have a negative effect. Yeah. How do you think it affected your relationship with Travis? I don't think the reality TV show really had any effect on our relationship. I think he and I are two very strong personalities. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we're just different people. Um, and we were just young and in love and really rich and really famous and um, didn't know what we were doing. And back then, um, you know, it, reality TV back then wasn't how reality TV is today. You know, they really set up camp in our home and there was cameras all over our home and they just, you know, he had a crew and I had a crew and they really followed us around 24 hours a day. Um, today, you know, now it's more scripted and they have to get, you know, legal rights to film in certain places. And, you know, it's all sort of um, produced where back then it, it, it wasn't. And so we were kind of, I think the industry was kind of figuring out what reality TV was as we were kind of figuring out what, what we were doing. Would you do it again? Yeah, I, I would love to do it again. In fact, um, I've, I've even talked to my ex-husband to kind of do a return to meet the Barkers and uh, kind of showcase um, our kids. You know, our kids are in the entertainment industry now. And um, I think it would, you know, we have such a cult following with that TV show and people just, still write us today about it so um we've kind of been talking about possibly doing that again um but there's not too much reality tv i would do besides that now (laughs) well you mentioned the cult following and you guys do have a a massive following and i think one of the things that you know as i was doing research just on your past and your career 
One of the biggest things that, you know, is that you have really dealt with a lot of media attention over the years, probably more than most people that I've ever talked to, uh, you know, and they're constantly trying to figure out, are she and Travis together? Are they broke up? Are they getting back together? Right. Are they divorced? And it's just like, my God, how do you handle all that pressure all the time of people constantly just trying to pry into your life and get into your personal stuff? You know, it doesn't bother me in the least because I made a great living off of it. And a lot of it is, you know, it is produced basically, you know, if there's one thing that I'm really good at, it's getting headlines, whether they're good or bad, (laughs) you know, I, (laughs) I can get them. Um, You know, it's just, um, I'm just so used to it. I don't, you know, I have such a strong family core. I I know the truth of what's really going on. And as long as my family um, supports me and knows, you know, the, the, the reality of the situation, um, I'm fine. You know, I've never cared about, you know, what the world necessarily thinks or what the comments on these websites are. I just don't, it doesn't even faze me. Well, as a result of that TV show, you got a lot of attention, as you mentioned. Um, so ABC calls with Dancing with the Stars. This is back when it was, you know, really new and really big. Yeah. Uh, how did you like competing uh, on that show? Oh, I loved it. I I had just had a baby. Um, I had my youngest daughter, Alabama. And so I was not in the best shape of my life. <laughs> I wish I had been in better shape when I was doing it. Um, but I just, I really had the best time. I was so sad when I got voted off. Um, I really want them to have another series where they vote, you know, they bring back all the people that were voted off early <laughs> and let us have a do over. But I just, I, that was one of the coolest experiences and every, and I got to do it with Mario, um, the same season and, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Mario was really good, wasn't he? Oh, he's like a dancer. He's amazing. <laughs> it was so not fair. Cool. I was like, you're not supposed to know how to dance, Mario. Old AC Slater making it happen. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. So uh, speaking of um, Mario, you also are a TV host. Uh, there's just uh, these uh, there's a myriad of things that you are, but we'll, this is just the next one. <laughs> yeah, you worked with, uh, <laughs> with e, yeah, pretty much E and VH1 on uh, something called Bridal Plasty. I think that's one that you probably were the most focused yes. as the host on. Talk about that experience. You know, um, Mark Cronin of 51 Minds called me and asked me if I wanted to host this crazy show. Um, he was like, you know, if you're going to get a lot of slack doing this because it's about plastic surgery and, you know, weddings. And I was like, you know, I can handle it. <laughs> I'm not afraid of some criticism. Let's do it. And it was just this fun, crazy show where these brides competed and, um, you know, for their dream wedding and, um, and they got plastic surgery along the way. And it was just a crazy fun show on E and, um, you know, I, I missed that one too. That was, that was fun. Cause I just, I really enjoy hosting most of all. I think that's a, a really fun niche that I, I like. Well, I, look, and I can tell, I watched your reel today. Um, and I've helped people build reels for years. I think the one thing that you understand that I, I try to teach so many is it's not so much about, you know, having the fundamentals of hosting down. It's just confidence. And, you know, I can tell that when you jumped on there, you didn't care. You were just like, hell with it. This is what I am. This is what we're going to do. And this is how it works. And I, and I loved it. I thought you did an awesome job. Uh, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. I don't think it's funny because I, I've done all these crazy things and, you know, I've had all these kind of fun um, entertainment experiences, but I don't think people realize all the different stuff that I've kind of had the chance to do. So I'd like to showcase that more. So we, we've talked about acting and reality shows and hosting, and you mentioned you really liked hosting. Is that of the three which you would choose if you had a choice? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think where I am now in my life as a mom and 
um, you know, hosting would kind of be top of the of the tier. And then, of course, I'm trying to get back into scripted projects. It's just been kind of hard because of all the reality TV shows that I have done. So I'm really focusing on scripted and um, hosting. So let's talk a little bit more about hosting because I've had a lot of TV hosts on. And, you know, one of the big things that we see happening in the hosting industry, myself included, is that they have kind of shifted, at least the agent world has shifted to using more A-list celebrities to host everything. And anybody who wasn't in that realm kind of has fallen to the wayside, at least for the time being. It's kind of this place that we're at right now currently in the hosting industry. Have you felt a little bit of that pinch as well, just trying to get, you know, just jobs that normally you would have had no problem getting? Oh, God, I've, I've just felt that for a, a decade now, not even just in hosting, but in everything, because you know, at one point it was very, you know, if you were a model, you couldn't act. If you were an actress, you know, if you were on TV, you couldn't do movies, you know, they, and then all of a sudden now you had, you know, all these celebrities just crossing over doing everything, you know, Jessica Simpson was on TV and then she was doing proactive commercials and, you know, and Puff Daddy was, you know, in the music industry. Now he's acting and, you know, you just have all these, it, there really are no boundaries anymore. So everyone's doing everything. Um, and again, reality TV coming in and kind of saturating the market, it, um, it's, you know, all these A-list actors, you know, who would never, you know, do these scripted projects are doing them because there's just not that many roles anymore because of all the reality TV. So, you know, they're even doing these big names are even doing small parts and one-liners because there just isn't that much scripted television out there. It's starting to shift a little bit more now. Um, but I mean, I have felt that for a long time. So what kind of show would you like to host? Would it be like a game show, like a family feud or Price is Right? Or would you want to do more of like a Survivor or a Bachelor? Or what would you like to do? Oh, God, I don't even know. I would do, I'd love all of that. Like a Survivor <laughs> or the Bachelor would just be so incredibly fun. Well, Jeff Probst um, has to retire sometime. Yeah, you know, in even being like a judge on, you know, like America's Got Talent or, um, you know, I, I, I just love all of that kind of, even Food Network shows I think are really fun. So any kind of hosting, I just, it's it's a it's a great a great time. Well, I hope you find that job that you're looking for. We're certainly thank turned. you. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so let's talk about your entrepreneurial side. Um, you launched a cosmetic line called Smoke, which is also the name of your production company, uh, in 2010. Yeah. Um, so it's primers and brushes, uh, color kits, bronzers, lip gloss. I know it's been a popular line. Talk about the creation of it and why you decided to do it. You know, I just love makeup and I have since I was a little girl. And, you know, when I was Miss USA, we didn't have a makeup artist traveling with us. We had to do our own makeup everywhere we went. And, you know, then being in the entertainment industry and being on set and, you know, ha working with different makeup artists, I, I would talk to a lot of my girlfriends and I would also notice, you know, I'd ask them about their makeup. And one, a lot of them uh, were overwhelmed and didn't know how to do it. And two, um, just, you know, you would look in their kits and it was just kind of a discombobbled mess. And so I wanted to create a line that was kind of clean and cohesive and organized and something that would just be really simple and easy for women to use. So that was kind of my inspiration to do my line. Now I just do glosses. Um, I just kind of focus on just that. I want to be the gloss queen now. <laughs> um, but it's just something that I love and I enjoy. And every woman, you know, just feels better when they put it on. And, and that's, 
that's sort of the thing that I love about it. Is it a hard industry to thrive in? I mean, I know there's a lot of players out there. One of them, uh, she was a judge at Miss USA this year, uh, It Cosmetics. Uh, I can't remember the name uh, of the founder, but I, I, it's just a, yes, it's an industry. Yes, yeah, he's there's, there's a lot out there. Do you find it difficult to operate in? It's definitely a very competitive, thought-out industry. For me, my, my um, company is really more of a hobby. It's something I just do for fun, and I really enjoy Um but yeah, it is, that is definitely a, a very difficult market. Um, you know, and I'm also uh, creating my gown line, which, um, is, which I'm going to be kind of focusing more on. And that's called, uh, it's going to be a house of smoke, uh, by Shana Mokler. And so I'm really going to be focusing on that. Well, I actually, I was just going to ask you about that. I love the story behind why you created House of Smoke. Can you kind of uh, just elaborate on that a little bit? You know, it's just I, I've been in the pageant industry for so long, and I've really been working with so many designers with my girls and kind of creating these dresses for them. You know, I basically designed Mia Sanchez's dress, you know, with Michael Costello in his showroom. I was like, get this material, wrap it around her body, you know what I mean? And so I just was like, I don't know why I'm having all these designers do this when I can do this. So um, that's sort of where I started creating the House of Smoke. Well, it seems like you have a very good, um, diverse viewpoint of the entire pageant industry. Obviously, you're a state director, so you, you know what you're doing. You've brought a lot of really strong girls to the nationals. If you could, without giving away your, you know, your storehouse secrets for Nevada, <laughs> tell girls yeah. kind of, you know, what, what is it that they need to be doing right now in order to be prepared to kind of take it to that next level? Because that's, they're all looking, they all want to be Shana Mokler. How do they get there? You know, it's like, it's, I tell girls, you know, when I, especially when I'm working with them, even Carolina, my, my, my reigning Miss Nevada, mm-hmm. it's practice. You know, I coach girls now as well. And it's, it takes practice. I'm going to teach you these things, but it's not going to matter if you don't go home and work on it and study and get on the computer and Google and learn and learn about yourself. You know, that's the hardest thing. There's so many, a lot of young girls, they just don't really know who they are yet. It's not their fault. They're young. They just don't have that life experience. You need to kind of find out who you are as a young woman. What are your opinions? How do you feel about these certain current events? You know, um, Carolina with walking, that was something she really wanted to learn, you know, we made her go take belly dancing classes, salsa classes. You know, we got her moving and she was at home sending me videos of her just dancing and practicing. And it takes, you know, even makeup, you know, girls ask me, how do you do your makeup? So fantastic all the time. Well, I practice, you have to practice on your face, wash it off and then start over again. And you just, you have to, you have to do that if you want to get better. Did you know who you were when you were running for Miss USA? (laughs) No, I definitely had no clue who I was. And you can clearly see that in my onstage answers that make me cringe when I watch them. I just think, oh, my God, I was so stupid. I'm so young and so eager, I guess, you know, to to be out there. But I wish that I had, you know, that's why I do what I do, because I wish I had had someone like myself sort of guiding me and, and teaching me, you know, and that's what I love giving back to the girls. Well, you talked about it at the top of the podcast. Uh, things have changed a little bit over the last few years. There's been a little more, uh, I guess we'll call it political infusion into the whole process. Is, does that annoy you or are you happy with it or do you want to see it, you know, kind of evolve a little bit? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, you know, one of the great things about IMG, I do have to say, is that they've been really wonderful with the directors on allowing us to voice our opinions um, and how we feel on these things. Um, they, you know, they were a new company that, have, like I said, have never really were in the in the pageant realm. And, you know, I think that they came in wanting, you know, maybe not stereotyping, but seeing pageantry in a certain way and, and trying to get a younger audience interested. 
Um, uh, so I think they were trying different things with these platforms. And But again, I think they lost sight a little bit of, of what the Miss USA system is and why girls enter it. You know, obviously girls that, are, you know, are looking for scholarships and things like that, they go to Miss America. And the girls that come into the universe system, you know, it's because it's entertainment based. And I think we lost sight of that for a couple of years there. But now, you know, I think they're definitely seeing where their fan base is. And, and there's nothing wrong with beauty. There's nothing wrong with being unapologetically beautiful. And you can still be incredibly intelligent. So when you have uh, girls come to you or women come to you and say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of interested in possibly competing, do you have a little bit of an elevator pitch that you give them on, on what the Miss USA you know, organization or, or Miss Universe organization, I should say, is about? Yeah, you know, I mean, the main thing, you know, you know, our slogan is confidently beautiful. And, you know, and the main thing that I always share with girls is we, I don't want to change who you are as a young woman. I just want to make you the better, better version of yourself. And I, I, when I talk to each girl, I ask them, okay, well, what are your goals? What are, why are you doing this? And, you know, okay, all right, you want to be a host, you want to be in entertainment, um, uh, you know, you want to make friends, you want to learn toys, you want to learn interview skills, etiquette, whatever it is, you know, okay, well, then we're going to, I'm going to guide you to reach those goals in the best way that I possibly can. But, you know, every girl is different and it's really kind of figuring out, you know, who that young woman is as a person and elevating it. So you're pretty much the jack of all trades. Uh, you've won Miss USA. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've done modeling across pretty much every facet. You've done acting, reality TV, hosting. You're an entrepreneur. You're selling things. Uh, there's one last yeah. thing I want to talk about because uh, I'm, I'm a big animal lover. I have a couple of great Danes upstairs right now that I just absolutely adore. I know you're a big animal lover in that you participate yeah. a lot with uh, the animal rights organizations. Uh, there's PETA and then there, I believe it's called Arm the Animals. Uh, kind of talk yes, about your yeah. involvement with those and kind of where that stems from for you. You know, I, my, I'm half Portuguese and my babu, uh, who's from the Azores had a farm and I grew up on that farm and I just grew up around animals and, um, you know, and I, I've even seen animals slaughtered. I mean, the animals they raised were the animals that they ate. So I, I've just been around animals my whole life, but I just have a love and a passion, um, uh, for animals, animal rights. And one thing that I am proud of is I, you know, I kind of killed the whole giving fur coats away. Um, and I've asked other pageant directors to please stop giving fur coats away to their winners. Um, I've brought in um, sponsors that do beautiful faux fur. And I've even offered, you know, hey, if you give up the, the fur coat, you know, to the winners, I'll, I'll, I'll give you all the lip gloss for your winners instead. You know, I'd like to offer that to all of you instead of doing that. And, you know, we've got a great response from it. I, I, I think, like, I don't think really anyone gives away fur coats or maybe one or two states still might. But, I'm, um, you know, I just I've just always try to champion, um, you know, that cause. Well, hey, I appreciate you sitting down today and kind of just sharing everything. I mean, you've been so open about a lot of this stuff that I know most people wouldn't be uh, willing to talk about. And I, I appreciate that. Good luck this year with uh, Nevada and USA. Or, uh, I should say Utah. Um, Thank you, know, you. I'm going to have to crown some strong girls to compete with you guys. So uh, I, I you to, are. We're going to bring it. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope to see you at nationals. I'll bring my boxing gloves for you. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I look well, forward to it. Yeah. Well, Shana, thank you so much. Look forward to meeting you uh, at nationals, and uh, good luck this year. Thank you so much. All the best. That is today's episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and thanks to Shana Mokler for joining me. And hey, folks, do me a favor. Subscribe to the podcast. You can do so on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, the podcast app or you can just go to lifeafterthecrown.com. 
And if you're still involved in the pageant world and wondering what Life After the Crown will look like for you, I encourage you to grab my Life After the Crown Starter Guide. It's a quick read. It will talk just about how to plan for life post-pageants. Go to timtialdo.com slash starter guide to get it. Until next time, remember the words of Matthew 11.28. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. See you next week, everybody. Thank you.